Hey, welcome to Film Friends. I'm your host, Jordan Smith, and with me, as always, co-host Kate Eingorn. Hello. And our uh, safely distant, distanced best bud, Matt Bailey. Uh, what's up? <laughs> um, and I say safely distance because this may be the first episode where we're all not in the same room together. Yep. Um, um it may be the first. Um, are you confused <laughs> about any of the past episodes? <laughs> <laughs> well, my memory, you know, sometimes my memory doesn't serve me right. Fair. Um, so, like, have you ever tried to do this before? <laughs> With you guys not in the room, yes. Interesting. As I was say, this was a very elaborate setup. So, for us to not have to having to do this in the past would have been very different. Yeah, um, would have been noticeable. I, uh, I've tried the, the board. I saw some people on the boards wanted me to go solo, so I tried it once. Damn. And uh, I didn't. I hated it. I don't approve. I need my yeah. people. Um. But yeah, Bailey's uh, calling in from far, far away. Hashtag Conchi. Um, yeah, over six feet away. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely over six feet away. How's life in your house? Um, it's uh, it's good. I'm chilling. Out of work, but you know, gives me more time to play video games. So. <laughs> oh, what video games have you been playing during the quarantine? Um. Call of Duty's been pretty hot right now, so uh, I've been playing that a lot. Yeah, that's know? so 2000, bro. Yeah, there's just a new Call of Duty every year, <laughs> so. That's weird. Yeah, hit us up when you play Animal Crossing. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> this is Film Friends Podcast. Um, quarantine edition. Quarantine edition. Uh, it's also... Episode 124. 124 BC. Um, not a whole lot going on. There is a reconciliation, though. Cleopatra II of Egypt and her brother Ptolemy VIII reconcile. Damn. It's about goddamn time. I know. Yeah. They've, been, they've been fighting on and off now for years. Um, but they finally... They finally uh, reconcile. Um, but that's really all that's going on in 124 BC. AD 124, we have some more love going on. Antinius becomes Hadrian's beloved companion on his journeys throughout the Roman Empire. Go, Hadrian. Yo, Hadrian's getting it in. Yeah, <laughs> he is. No, you guys might be reading into that a little. They might <laughs> just be friendly companions. Uh, that's his companion, dearest. <laughs> So the news would be Hadrian made a friend? Is that, is that what you're going <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it looks like he made a friend, and I think you got. I don't think it's sexual. Why not? Wait, is it, is it, is the friend a guy or a girl? Um, it's Antinius, uh, and Antinius looking at Antinius' bust looks like a male. Oh, it says he is the youth. And favorite beloved of the Roman Empire, Emperor Hadrian. 
Yeah, he's he's Adrian's favorite youth. He's beloved <laughs> to him, though. Yo, he's his best boy. <laughs> In other words, it's Adrian's best boy. Yeah. Um, you have to hit the back button. Yeah, cool. So that's uh, that's all that's really going on in history. Uh, oh, okay. well, old history. Old history. <laughs> New history, I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. <laughs> We're making history right now. but um, Yeah, we are. Yeah, so, uh, you know, not much going on. Any business at the top? I mean... Um, we're still waiting to hear back from M Night on our ten for ten challenge. Yeah, we ten for ten challenged M Night. We're still waiting to hear back. I mean, I'm sure he's a little busy, so <laughs> he just repeated word for word what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ben, are you what? M for years, and um, if he replies to this, <laughs> I'm I'd be pretty upset too. I mean, it'd be great if we got a response from M Night, but I'd be upset. Because it really wouldn't answer the question that we that you've been asking Bailey for years, and that's uh, when will the village get a Blu-ray release? And you know, being able to talk to M Night without getting that answer is you might as well not talk to him at all. Fair. Yep, I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, have so during uh during this time at home, have you been watching anything, Bailey? Be, not not TV. Uh, I know you're watching that trashy reality tv i love a nice reality television show um movie wise uh no not really i've I've been i've i'm interested and i support that they're putting like the the movies that have been in the theaters like straight onto amazon Yeah, yeah i support that too but I haven't watched any of them yet. <laughs> oh, I do no. Like, I figuratively support <laughs> it, but monetarily, we, I don't support it at all. <laughs> we salute it. <laughs> yeah. But no, I think I'll, I'll probably watch one. One Like, I'll probably watch uh, The Hunt, and I'll probably watch uh, whatever that the Hollow Man movie is. The Invisible Man? Yeah, yeah. the Hollow Man ripoff. <laughs> Are you also going to rewatch um, Little Women? uh maybe is it free no it's it's 15 dollars, and i think kate and i may watch that tonight i didn't talk this over with her i'm just assuming that she'd want to he's gonna force me to watch it uh, i need uh, i need um no matter how late it is when you finish just let me know okay yes it's only 15 bucks so you know yeah not bad seven mm-hmm. and a half seven fifty and seven fifty mm-hmm. it's like a matinee at the ritz yeah, you're good. Just watch it. Um, but yeah, we haven't we we watched Super Eight recently. Oh, great movie! Yeah, Did now now you love that movie, right? Yeah, I it was my first viewing. I really liked it. Yo, I'm like eighty percent sure we had to watch it for the podcast. No, we no, definitely I don't did think not. We did. <laughs> <laughs> Who? What film friend is in it? Um, probably like one of the probably Jaden Lieber. <laughs> Don't you dare. Um, yeah. So here's my thing with Super Eight. That movie, the first half is like incredible, and then to me, the back half, like the real hard sci-fi shit, it loses me. I like lose interest. And what 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 what, what do you mean? What what part don't you like? What's uh when they when you know when they have to. Face the monster. Huh. 
That's Miley's favorite part too. I wish it was kind of more of like a like a tell don't show situation with the monster. Well, how are they going to defeat it if you can't see it? What you want it to be like the happening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've never it ne- seen it. It needs to be airborne, baby. <laughs> um, but no, but I, I'm into it. I'm into the little kids like making the movie same. part. I love That's that. That's like part. my favorite yeah. part. Yeah, it's really good. I uh, I really enjoy that um, film. But I started looking into like the little kids in that movie, all their like careers after that. Honestly, mm-hmm. no one really popped off. Except for Elle Fanning, I guess. Well, yeah, yeah Elle Fanning. But, uh, you know, some might call Super 8 a career killer. <laughs> Whoa. Well, I tried to tell that to Kyle Chandler. <laughs> Honestly, it boosted his career. Maybe. I also. Yo, I, he... Good. Go, go. Bailey? What's up? Oh, I was just going to say, <laughs> I, it sucks because I would really love Kyle Chandler to be a film friend, and we'd probably have to watch that movie again. Oh, I'd watch it again. Yeah, I'd I'd watch it again. <laughs> Yo, Kyle Chandler's the fucking man. Yeah, he's great. He's um he's under a lot of duress in that movie. I feel for him. You'd think like, oh, he's being a bad dad, but he basically he has to be sheriff this town during a crazy situation. I don't know. Yeah. I I like him in that movie a lot. I like that movie too. It was fun. I love like coming of age stories. Oh, yo, love them. Don't even I get did, Bailey I, started. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't do it. Um, I did watch a movie. Yes, I watched uh, Long Shot. Oh, I like oh, that yeah. movie. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, yeah, great leads, funny. Yeah, Seth Rogen's pretty good in it. Like, usually I get a little annoyed or get I get like tired of him pretty quickly. But mm-hmm. I think he's really good in that movie. Yeah. I um yeah, love me some Charlize. Same. Good movie. Very solid. Not like great, but like Fun. if you're bored and it's free, yeah. I'd give it a watch. I agree. That's like how we came upon it too. We're like, yeah, we just want a comedy. Threw it on and pleasantly surprised. Yeah. She's fun in that movie too. Yeah, yo, she's very, very cool. I, yeah. I think she's like very I agree. Dope. I agree. She's very now, cool. Charlize isn't a film friend yet, no. is she? Mm-mm. Hmm. Yeah, she's out of our league. Maybe. Yeah, she might be out <laughs> of our league. I wonder if her best is the Italian job. Yeah, oh, probably. I used to love oh. that movie, except Mark <laughs> yeah. Wahlberg. I hated him. I w- I've been dying to watch Reindeer Games, so hopefully that's her worst. Ooh. Yeah, now, now I kind of want to address something. You said she's out of our league. What um, what actors and actresses out there are uh, out of our league? You got Charlize Theron. You got... Yo, she might be um, in a league of her own. <laughs> <laughs> you, you might be right. <laughs> True. I was going to say Sylvester Stallone might be out of our league, too. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> in the same league. They just, <laughs> what they did- just go interesting league a 1v1 league they're the uh we'll never get them (laughs) we get everyone else but yeah but um we can get keanu but we can't get sylvester no he's in a league of his own well a league of him and charlie a league of their own um cool speaking of uh, a league of their own uh i want to shout out tom hanks for uh 
surviving the for surviving the coronavirus mm-hmm. um and rita wilson and rita too i never doubted them for a second rita wilson's yeah. husband <laughs> rita wilson's husband tom hanks um yeah cool so uh i guess uh before we hop into the movies this week are there any gears that need to be ground i mean there's an obvious gear <laughs> the coronavirus right yeah. Yeah, but everybody's picking on that one already. Um, I think what's grinding my gears is that we are about to run out of ice cream. Ooh, and Philadelphia's in lockdown. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're currently in lockdown right now, but um, I'll probably go to the grocery store tomorrow. (laughs) Are you, you, like, awaiting a purge? (laughs) A purge situation? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yo, I I would do a lot better than Ethan Hawke if the purge happened. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) As your roommate, I hope so. I think he really drops the ball. Well, he creates a faulty security system and sells it to the neighborhood, so. Yeah, I I didn't do that here, so I'm one up on him already. But, uh, yeah, I don't really have any gears to grind. I mean, besides coronavirus and not being able to see friends and family yeah same yeah um besides that i'm doing all right <laughs> yep <laughs> Bailey, i think you're the last person we interacted with in person oh shit mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. not the last <laughs> yeah <laughs> i haven't left the apartment in like nine days oh no i left no. for a little bit yeah he I... left for approximately two minutes decided it was too cold and came back in <laughs> fair um but anyways uh it seems like we're in good spirits um besides that bailey you're safely distanced kate you're about three feet away from me so that sense seems about right um but if you guys are ready i'm ready to rock and roll let's roll so i took a giant beach ball and i bopped it on jordan's head and then he caught it uh for my choice this week and why um so i chose brad doriff D-O-U-R-I-F-F. I I think there's one F. (laughs) Brad Dourif. (laughs) Um, Now, I know he might not be at the top of everyone's hundred sexiest male actors of all time, but he is for me. (laughs) And this is why. Why you picked him? (laughs) (laughs) Jordan once told me he'll only pick people if he's attracted to them, so... Um, But uh, I, don't, I don't know. We'll get into whether I'm attracted to him or not. But the reason I chose him is because he is his first movie um, that he ever was in is my favorite movie of all time. And we're going to review that today. The, uh, the the masterpiece One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. The Wickedly Talented. Um, and so, like, that's where I got to know him. <laughs> and then is that where you shook his hand yeah and then like i since i was little i've always been really into the chucky movies or the child's play movies and that whole series and uh he voices chucky in that um and then you know i've seen him pop up in a few things people might know him as uh you know gandalf or whatever in uh, lord of the rings (laughs) yeah People also awesome. might know him from My Son, My Son, What Have You Done. 
That's right. We we already reviewed a movie with him in it where he plays a bonkers character. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of like, he's he's kind of an eccentric guy um, and takes interesting roles. So I, I really just wanted an excuse to watch One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and a child's play movie. And uh, yeah, this just seemed like the perfect storm. <laughs> he's awesome. Uh, <laughs> he's also the doctor in Deadwood. Oh, yes. true. Good point. Good point. Um, so apparently, I've like seen him in other things, but my true, my first true recognition of him is—I know we don't talk about TV, but uh, Deadwood is the, his role as the doctor in Deadwood. Yeah, that's uh, how I uh, have come to know him. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you come Pretty to much. shook his hand. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, he's also in Dune. He's in Alien Resurrection. Like, he's in some um, he's pretty a big movies. He's a sci-fi guy, for sure. Yeah, he's in a lot of, like, just going through his filmography, like, <laughs> he's into horror. Yeah. Oh, he's horror for sure. He's, he's a, hmm, he's whatever the male version of a scream queen is. A, yeah. uh. Scream king. Uh, I don't know. I something, bro. <laughs> uh, okay. sure. He's also in Blue Velvet, which we reviewed a long time ago, for mm-hmm. Laura Dern. Yeah. Yes. So he's he's definitely a journeyman. He's been in like a crazy amount of movies. His IMDb says he's been in a hundred and seventy-five different things. So yeah. That's like including TV, though. You know, I do respect that, like, um, he it was the original Chucky, and he's been doing Chucky ever since. Like, yeah. he's never yeah. given it up. Like Straight up. And it's super iconic, too. Like, that voice is really, really iconic. Um, yeah. But, yo, know, that series makes money. Like... Makes sense. I Here's the thing. I've been known to, like hop on the train and enjoy pretty shitty like series and you know paranormal activity i'll ride for that all day um i like the saw series but yeah the child's play series i don't think is as bad as people like say it is when you get into cults of chucky bride of chucky like people put those down but i fuck for them and they make like a ton of money so so you in Cult of Chucky that came out in 2017. Is that what you're saying? Um, I don't think you saw that one. I think I did see that one. Um, I mean, I I can't really see it. Oh, sorry. I'm of- I'm thinking Curse of Chucky. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, here's the thing about you have to take those movies for like what they are. I mean, right. to me, they're not scary. They're just like. I feel like they're funny. I don't know if that's what they're always going for, but like, I don't know. Oh yeah, I I like see them as funny. I would say maybe the first one out of the series is like not as funny as the other ones. I think they made that first one, and they're like, oh, we could be funny with this doll. Like the voice is kind of funny. You know, he has he he doesn't have as many lines in the first one, but they just ramp it up with every like subsequent one. And yeah. 
I think the one we're going to rate uh, review today is like the first one where they're like, oh, he's like funny. People want to hear him say funny lines. So we're just going to that's what we're going to lean into. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, no, like, I, I feel like that's like a horror movie trope is that they find the thing that people love and they just escalate it with each movie that follows. Yeah. Yeah. Since we're talking about Chucky. Let's fucking dive right in. I love it. Um, and we are, of course, today going to review the 1991 horror masterpiece, Child's Play 3. Bailey, take it away. <laughs> oh, it, I, I was waiting for it to have like an actual name. Like a, like, yeah, colon. Well, actually, I, I did pause because I think it has one in like the uh the european version i want to see it it is uh hmm it looks like it's just child's play oh no here we go child's play three look who's stalk stalking (laughs) that's like i feel like that's a tagline but yeah yeah. i think it's Uh. also the tagline (laughs) um you know i will say looking at the cover his teeth are definitely different in the uh in the uh movies his teeth aren't that like clean cut and white and and nice if you, if uh, you oh yeah. yeah he's definitely got human teeth in this in the post they definitely photoshop them yeah all right so after that after i get over that inaccuracy um <laughs> child's play three um it's a classic um they really assume you know a lot about child's play already if you're diving into this one yeah they do they don't they don't really warm you up at all no so i guess it's the original kid from the first one is older he's going to military school and chucky i guess somehow gets reborn because his blood falls into like the mixer at the plant or something um into a new doll and he's got to like he's got to find his boy so he can steal his soul and become a human again, and uh, he's got to do that at the military school. <laughs> and, uh, There's no other place for him to do it. Yeah, that's where the boy's at. And then he uh, he changes his mind and changes changes up the boy and goes for a littler kid because I guess maybe the littler kid's uh, not as smart. Well, that's what I was. Uh, thinking i guess but well right there is like it made me look up what's the logic of like chucky and because his whole thing is brad dorif in the first one is a, a like a, a robber a criminal named charles lee ray and he mm-hmm. essentially gets his soul trapped in this doll um yeah. and then like the the whole thing of chucky is he's just trying to get out of this doll's body and back into a human body that's like his whole motivation the whole series um Mm -hmm. and so i was like why is he i mean kate brought it up like why is he why does he have to follow andy everywhere why can't he follow another little kid and in this one he actually does like originally he goes to andy to middle military school but i think it's because tyler this little boy is the first one to see him in a new body. He's in like a new doll's body. 
that's uh-huh. he's the one he has to implant his he, soul what in. he said was the first person to know who he really is yeah so because you know how the uh, first scene has like the guy from the toy company uh-huh. he doesn't know who he is so that doesn't like count where he tells the little boy his name he tells him his full name yeah like i mean as someone who doesn't remember the original one very well um do they explain do they go in and explain like how <laughs> he's uh like it's his whole thing in the first movie trying to get into andy as well and he's he trying to like summon some god to do that for him yeah part of- so it's like there's like this whole voodoo thing in the first one and when charles lee ray is like he gets shot and like killed in this toy store um some sort of spell or something he says some sort of line and transfers his soul he's like real into voodoo shit and he like transfers his soul into the the doll's body and then and then andy barclay just gets chucky as a little kid when he's a little kid and chucky just tries to kill him because he wants he needs another he needs a body essentially yeah. um and he's just like implanted into like andy's the first one to see his true nature so that's why he always goes to andy but in this third one he runs into little tyler who, mm-hmm. who i just i do have to say is kind of a little dummy <laughs> Yeah, he's. I, I didn't want to call him an idiot, but <laughs> I did it for you. Yeah, um, he's wild. Um, but let's go back to the the <laughs> the intro is like so weird with the blood mixing with the plastic. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they kind of. I mean, I I don't know where the second one leaves off, but I guess it leaves off with Chucky being dead there in the plant yeah he gets like he gets like blown up and Uh like smushed and just like crushed in this manufacturing plant Mm. like to the point where you think there's no way he could come back kind of like Uh the end of this one like he gets in spoiler alert in this one he gets chopped up in a fan and you think there's no way he'll ever come back, but his soul seems to always survive. He not only does he get chopped up in a fan, but it's a fan inside a traveling carnival haunted house. In the middle of the woods. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand what that carnival was doing there. And also the rides were so extravagant for like a uh, a mobile carnival. Yes. It was just didn't make yeah. sense. I've never seen a like two story roller coaster ride indoor one for a travel like carnival. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh um it's interesting. Were you guys scared of Chucky when you were younger? Horrified. No. Chucky wasn't really like dude, I, I even like as a kid I I the whole thought of Chucky just didn't frighten me. I was like that's it's a little bit too far fetched for me to actually be scared of. Interesting. I was like, come on, dude. like it's a fucking doll. You can literally just kick it. Like if it had a knife in its hand, you, what is it gonna do, dude? You just kick it and it like, it'll be away from you. Like I. Yeah. Yo, did you I, ever see Chucky wield a knife though? Dude, <laughs> he's good with the knife, but. <laughs> and he's sneaky AF. He just sneaks up on you. If I was a fucking 
baby, yeah, I'd be pretty terrified. Or if I, I'd be afraid for my dog's life, I guess. That'd be pretty scary. Like, he wouldn't know any better. That's true. true. I guess, I don't know. I, I think I was scared of him when I was younger. I had an older brother who was into these movies when I was too young. Like, this one came out in 91. The other ones came out before I was born. So, like... I was definitely scared maybe because my brother would scare me. But now looking back, it's like so silly. And you're right. Like they even point that out in some of the movies. Usually like you could just kick him or just like, look, he's a dumb little doll. And that's usually when they're holding him in front of their face. And then he, and stabs he wakes them. up and he stabs him with the knife that he's hiding. So. I was yep. so scared of Chucky as a kid because one, I loved my toys so I was always afraid. I was really into a Christmas toy, which was a movie pre-Toy Story about your toys coming to life when you leave mm. the room. And so I always wanted my toys to come alive, but then I saw like the preview of this and it freaked me out. And then my cousin was super into it. So I guess Bride of Chucky came out in 1998. So she got a Chucky doll that was life-size christmas one year and it scared the living shit out of me to like see it in person i couldn't sleep in my own bed for like two months wow speaking of bride <laughs> of chucky i love bride of chucky jennifer tilly pl- mm-hmm. plays the bride she does it very yep. well you know what's also crazy about the whole series like from start to finish um the same guy has been writing them all really? yeah don mancini or whatever like, you usually see, like, written by, but it's only because of, they have the same characters. But, like, I've gone through every movie, and he's the writer. Yeah. Like, he, it's, it's, you never, you don't really see that in any franchise, really. Yeah, it's a story he needs to tell. hmm <laughs> Yep. That's um, wild. Yeah, maybe that's why it's not, that's, maybe that's why it's held up for a while, too. Just because, like, yeah. it's the same guy writing it. Brad Dorff is this the voice like it's a very i mean i i don't know if it's very easy to follow but like it's I mean, pretty simple story there's a doll that's <laughs> kills everybody <laughs> um i mean i want to go back to the beginning again about this melted plastic inside a warehouse why the fuck do they need to pick that up and reuse that plastic they literally claw it and they pinch it and blood squirts out of it and they slowly bring it over the fresh pot of plastic and it's like whoever's picking that up would clearly see one that there's blood pouring out of it and two like what when that initially happened when they just cleaned it up Mm. I mean, there's a lot of things that I don't really know about in this movie. Like, why, <laughs> yo, why does Chucky like have guts and shit? Like, what's yeah, going on? yeah. <laughs> I, I that's like in other ones too, and I don't get that one. Like, why he bleeds? <laughs> uh, whatever. Especially because it's uh, like a little teeny bit of blood that transferred into the plastic. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I guess we can kind of go through the movie a little bit. Yeah, um, so I mean, we could talk about the military school. And this one stands out among, this one's like the black sheep of the series too because it, like, the setting is at a military school, yeah. which is like yo, I, different. Though. Yo, I, I back I, it so hard. Yo, honestly, out of the series, this, I can't say it's my favorite, but it's maybe my second most favorite. Like, I love this one. 
it gets it's funny and then it gets real dark real quick but it's funny because he gets sent home i guess with the exec of that company and then chucky mails himself to the military academy like immediately which is so funny he was just like all right gotta find him do a quick goog search and mail myself there i mean at this point chucky's resourceful he knows how to get around without really walking so um but uh (laughs) yeah so yo some of the people so andy barclay is a little older he's sent to military school that's where they give you a little background. His mom's like went crazy because she defends him in number one and two and yeah. says like, yeah, the doll is crazy. The doll is mm-hmm. trying to kill us. So she gets sent away. He gets goes to foster parents and then, you know, blah, 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 gets sent to military school for being a troublemaker. Um, and then but, we meet the haircut guy. Yeah. F- first person we meet is the barber. <laughs> Character. Yo, what a crazy character. That guy, one, is obsessed with hair. Mm-hmm. Has, like, a weird fetish with it. He has pictures it's of... Pa- I think it's a passion. Oh, oh passion, sorry. yeah. Hey, sometimes fetish slash passion, you never know. Well, he does have a little clump of all the, like, ev- piece of every person's hair he's cut. He tapes a little clump of their hair to the wall. Is that true? Did you not see the background? There was a picture of the person underneath was a little clump of their hair. Oh my gosh, I did not see that. Yes, it was all over the walls of the barbershop. Um, he, he has like, so there's a couple scenes with the barber. I, I, I'm glad we're talking about <laughs> yeah, the barber because like he's probably like, uh, one, at one point I thought he was going to give Chucky a buzz cut because like he finds Chucky in there and he sits him down in the barber and he does the same thing. He grabs everyone's hair and like yanks it and then says that he's going to, you know, make them bald or something. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he says that right after he's done a haircut. He says, presto, you bald. Yeah, that's true. He does say presto, you bald. <laughs> um, but this time, you know, Chucky gets the better of him and kills him and says, presto, you dead. True. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he does. That line does pay off at the end. Um, yeah. But he also like cuts I, it in clumps. It's funny. What's up? I was waiting for him to get a haircut. I was kind of hoping he would. Yo, have I wanted a buzz cut on Chucky so so bad. Cause I like in those movies when Chucky gets like mutilated or scratched up or like his clothing. Like I like when he gets messed up and then you see him in the next scene and he's still like that. Like I would have loved a buzz cut Chucky. Or at least mm-hmm. like. Have him swipe once. Do you know what I mean? Like, before he killed him, the barber just got one good buzz into his hair. So he had at least a chunk missing. Yeah, that would have been cool. Kind of like the punk girl haircut. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Also, kind of, kind of like our main character's haircut before he gets it cut off. Yeah. Yeah, and this barber isn't really giving them buzz cuts either. Uh-uh. he's just like trimming them up so they show up i think he just trims them up a little bit so they show up the next week so he has yeah. to so he has something to keep cutting um now bailey who is your favorite character in this movie um besides the barber it had to be uh the uh i forget his name the dorky guy yes uh, that's him. my favorite whitehurst Whitehurst, yeah. So for the listeners, Whitehurst is Andy Barclay, the main boy's 
roommate and like best friend and he's really nerdy and dorky but honestly people come at him for no reason like they abuse this kid and he's not that bad like i actually don't even understand besides him wearing glasses and like kind of talking nerdy quote unquote like what what's so bad about whitehurst i don't understand you know, p- kids need to make themselves feel better by picking on other kids. I guess yeah, so. Yeah, when the big boss says, that's what I'm picking on, everyone else does it too. Yeah, but it wasn't even the kids. It was the barber. When Whitehurst sat down in the barber chair, uh, the barber just proceeds to say, you're the biggest disgrace of a soldier I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> like, he just pones him. Like, like, everyone abuses Whitehurst. I feel horrible for him but whitehurst then at the end sacrifices sacrifices himself for everyone by jumping on a grenade yo yo the end is really dark it's so dark it's so fucked up um and i guess what we're talking about is like there's a lot of scenes just like in every movie this series like uh, the middle is basically chucky causing havoc at the military school but, like, towards the back half of the movie, he ramps it up so much. And I think probably the most famous part about this movie is he swaps out the paint gun bullets for real bullets. And yeah. that part is, that's the one part I remember. I haven't watched this movie in a long time, but that was the one part I remembered going into it again. And, like, they're practicing, like, war games and they're shooting at each other and, like, actually killing each other. And then at one point, Whitehurst uh, jumps on a grenade to save the rest of his troop. And it's just like, it's like, because this movie's like funny at times and a little campy, but then all of a sudden it turns dark. Yeah, for sure. It makes, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, if you had another point on that, I would let you go first. Cause I was going to talk about <laughs> that. Oh, no, no. That's no, I, I do. It makes shit go from, it's like very quickly funny to like, oh shit, what's happening? Because before those, the real bullets get used, Chucky's literally in a ditch with this little boy holding a tiny little knife and all these people are crowding him, holding a woman hostage. It's like the most absurd scene you've ever seen of a little baby doll holding a child and a woman hostage with a tiny knife. And then all of a sudden shit gets real. Kind of to Bailey's point though. I don't know how people let themselves get like held Held down by Chucky. Yeah. Like how strong is he? I mean, a lot of like, how strong could he possibly be, honestly? He, I, I don't get it. I guess he has the strength of Brad Dorif. He <laughs> can't that guy literally carries him out of the the place by his hair. Mm-hmm. Um Yo, the love interest. Um De Silva. Yeah, De Silva. She is um in real life four years older than Andy. Um I feel like at any age where he's like 16 it's got to be weird like on set like if he's 16 and she's 20 that's weird if he's like 15 and she's 19 still very weird oh i see what you're saying Mm -hmm. like how old do you think this actor was on set yeah i think he was probably like 15 and she was 19 i'd say like 15 yeah 
Now, do they have any love scenes? No. They kiss. Do they kiss? Yeah. They they go out off into the woods, and uh, they kiss, and Chucky sees them kiss. Uh, so are you saying you uncovered a... Illegal activity? <laughs> illegal activity. Basically. Yeah, that's what they it are, sounds like. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, um, I don't think so. I'm not sure. <laughs> or does Hollywood live by its own Art. rules? Um. Wow, I didn't know that. She does l- appear older than yeah. him, though, like significantly. She is, dude. It's weird, man. Yeah, um, and also but- her name. I think it's Perry Reeves. She's like had a career. Yeah, she's like the one child actor, if you could even call her that now. Um, more like yeah. an adult among children. But uh, she's the one person in this movie that like made it out and like actually had a career. Um, mm-hmm. no one else did really. Well, other than Brad. But, uh, yeah, yeah, well, Brad is the Brad's biggest name it. in this. But, yo, know, also, they, like, tout De Silva up to be, like, the best soldier there, even though she's a girl and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's the early 90s. They're playing that trope really hard. But then when, like, shit goes down, she's useless. Like she, (laughs) she gets held up by Chucky. She can't beat him up. (laughs) She like, she's a sharpshooter in the beginning, teaching everyone how to shoot. And then she can't shoot him like from like five feet away. She's like, I I don't know what happens to her. (laughs) Yeah. It's real. She can't perform under stress. The stress gets to her. She's not a a primetime player, as they say, PTP. Yeah, I guess. Um, I also like the scene when he's in that guy's office and the guy throws him in the trash because he says dolls are for girls. Mm. And mm-hmm. he, Chucky gets up to stab him. The guy gets so shocked by him getting up, he has a heart attack. And Chucky goes, you got to be fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, Chucky, I'll give him one thing. He has one-liners. Um, you know, the first yep. one-liner in this is don't fuck with the Chuck. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, he he. I mean, throughout the series, he's just. And yo, I gotta give that's Brad Dorif because like some of the lines aren't the most creative, no. but his delivery is like very good, very solid. Was that your favorite line that he had in this movie? No, I was a big fan of Presto, you dead. Same. I wrote that one down too. <laughs> After he kills the when barber. He, when he finds uh Tyler uh. The little black boy, he has he has a line. He says, I'm going to be a bro. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't know if that's racist. I don't know. I'm 100% racist. Uh, I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's super racist. I Brother, think so. Like, because, yeah. like, he's talking about inhabiting his body. Yeah, it's, like, fucked up. It doesn't yeah. age well at all. There's also, they're using a lot of language, like, Nimrod dipweed it's they're it's where green green day Day. i guess got their (laughs) influence for sure um i also think it's funny i don't know why i found this line so funny but when they're doing the the simulation of the fight i guess of being in war they ask where the boy went and he goes he went awol with some guy named charles (laughs) 
<laughs> and for some reason, I found that so funny. This little kid, they're like, oh, yeah, he went AWOL with some guy named Charles. <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, everybody's going AWOL at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's... I don't think it deserves a 29%, to be honest with you. Yeah, a, I mean, you know, here's the thing. It's fun. Like, yeah. It's definitely fun, yeah. And I love that it wraps up. So, like, at the end... Chucky, as we said, falls into that fan and people are saved. Uh, well, not everyone. Some people die in this yeah. movie. A lot <laughs> of people children die. died. <laughs> um, they literally, after Chucky gets defeated, they just like cut. That's it. That's yeah, the end of the movie. They like. No wrap up. They like uh, pan out like across the carnival area and you think, okay, we're going to see what's next. Like, how does Andy, what's his next step? What's Tyler's next step? What's De Silva's next step? But the movie just like abruptly ends. Yeah. Um, yeah. We don't know what happens to anyone. But uh, yeah, and I don't know which one is next in the series. Uh, it's Bride of Chucky, I think. From nineteen ninety. So they jump. They jump like pretty far ahead. Yeah, yeah, Bride of Chucky. Interesting. I forget how that one begins. I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to look into that and see how the hell they resurrect Chucky from that death. Because it's like, I don't understand. But now I kind of want to watch it. Yeah, maybe we could. Instead of, you know what, instead of Little Women, I think we're going to watch Bride of Chucky. <laughs> Yo, Bride of Chucky, in my opinion, might be the funniest one, though. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's all That's all I have to say about that. Bill, you got anything else? Um, On this movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm good. Cool. So let's um let's give it a rating. Um you could go first, Bailey. I'll give it uh two little chucky thumbs up. <laughs> oh, I like that too. That's funny. Yo, I kind of always wanted Chucky's shoes. Like the red ones with the good guy laces. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> All if right. anybody wants to buy me though <laughs> i'll give i'll give two uh chucky shoes for this one i'll give it a presto yeah basic <laughs> <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> that was a little harsh presto yeah basic <laughs> i like that one um cool well we are in between movies how are we doing how are you doing uh across the pond bailey um I'm good. I'm I'm sitting in my room, just hanging out. I'm good. Nice. Kate, how are you doing? Good. Cool. Um, now I am. I'm curious about everything about Brad Dorf because I don't know anything about him. So, uh, yeah. What's your hype? What's your weight? What's your hype? What's your weight? all right so today we have everything but shoe but i think you guys guessed it anyway so leave that up to your imagination so jordan said he's 510 169 pounds 10 and a half size shoe capricorn 58 years old, and I'm going to say Boston, born and raised. Bailey said he's 5'10", 
5 feet 6 inches, 170 pounds, size 8 shoe, Panama City, Florida, <laughs> uh, 62 years old, Sagittarius. So he's 5'8", so literally the average between the two of you. Um, and he weighs 154 pounds. Oh, slim. A, he's a very slender man. Um, shoe, do not know. Um, he was born March 18th, 1950. So he's 70 years old. And he's a Pisces. Blah, 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 blah. He was born in Huntington, West Virginia. Um, and gonna warn you, there's not a lot of facts about him. He's pretty, uh, elusive. Is that the word? Not f- he's um, not famous. <laughs> he's pretty not famous. Um, so his mom was actually an actress. Um, and his stepfather was a pro golfer. So that's pretty cool. Um, he, uh, went to college and he was going to be a flower arranger. Mm-hmm. Um, until his acting teacher told him he should uh, be an actor. So he quit college and moved to New York to become an actor. And then, as we know, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest is his first role. And he got nominated for a lot of stuff, won a bunch of awards for it, shot up to fame real quick, and he couldn't handle the fame. So in 1981, he moved back to New York to teach acting and directing at Columbia University until 1988. So he taught for wow. seven years um, and uh, didn't go, didn't move to Hollywood till back until 1988. So he took seven years off. So what got him back? The Child's Play movie, I guess? I guess. Whatever 1988 is. 1988 is Child's Play. Yeah, yeah that's so the that's first probably one. it. Um, and like Billy says, he's the only actor to be in all seven child's play movies, which is not including the reboot. It's just like the original story. Um, he said that his favorite movie is actually Bride of Chucky. Mm. That was his favorite. Um, and for Lord of the, when he was in Lord of the Rings, he had to shave off his eyebrows and, um, Initially, he was supposed to be the Scarecrow in Batman Forever, but then they just changed up the story entirely. Uh, yeah, and then he they been changed a good one. it to, I think, Two Face. And that's all the facts I got about him. Damn. Okay. 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 I have a uh, personal quote from him. Love it. Like, per- like he said it to you? Yeah. Um,. He says, I prefer film to the stage. I always like the rehearsal better than I like performing. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Oh, that makes sense. Because I guess the stage, you have to do it over and over and over again. With movies, you just do it, like, I guess, once and you're done. Yeah, but it seems like he really likes the rehearsal part. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, He also has a quote here that says, I'm a whore. So. (laughs) Interesting. I don't know. And uh, yeah, he does. And then he also says, uh, of course, I would like to play the guy next door, but nobody's going to hire me for that kind of role. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't. Guy next door. Is that like the girl next door? Yeah, I think the guy next door is like your innocent, like, like what your is the norm- guy maybe is it like your normie where he's always playing like weird eccentric roles? Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't really play a normie at all. 
Mm-hmm. He's always kind of an eccentric. That's probably person. what he means. That's yeah. what you know. Who else said that? Um, Doug Jones said that. Oh well, Doug Jones is like the ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> not the guy next door. <laughs> That's true. Um, cool. Is it getting hot? Is it hot, Bailey? I can't tell if you're hot. You're so far away. Are you hot over there? Uh, let's just say the roof is on fire. Damn. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> Bailey, you sent us a file, a picture of you. What is that? <laughs> Did you save that for when I made all those cards? Yeah. You ho- you hoarded that one for yourself? You whore. <laughs> you whore. <laughs> Do you have anything to There's two. Alright. Oh, um. Alright. Alright. Hey, hey everyone. Um <laughs> I have two chips on file. Um I have. I wish I. I can't even show you guys the pictures anymore. Um, Janet Stephanie Charmatz from seventy-three to eighty, <laughs> and from nineteen eighty to eighty-six. Did they fuck? Did they what? Did they fuck? Do they have kids? Is you what don't I have meant. to answer that. <laughs> um, they were together for seven years. I think they fucked. Um. <laughs> so and then uh he was with Joni Dorif from 80 to 86 which it's pretty weird they have the same last name i was gonna say <laughs> um, did, did he just magically find oh someone? whoa okay so we we found her tumblr <laughs> with Joni yeah. yeah oh interesting yeah Joni looks kind of cool yeah what's uh what's on her tumblr a picture of them. A picture of her and her <laughs> husband. Are they still married? I, divorced. They got divorced. Um, it, I think they were divor- got divorced in uh, yeah, in two thousand eighty six. Hmm. Did. So, so they got married yeah. when they were together. When from when? Eighty to eighty six. Gotcha. Then, have any relationships after 86 he's just been solo uh-huh well now somehow i have ended up on his daughter's instagram so (laughs) i might turn around now his daughter also is an actress this is something that's in my files but i can't say for certain that Uh i believe it Uh uh-huh but he has three kids Mm-hmm. Um, one with Janet, mm-hmm. where the daughter's name is Christina, mm-hmm. and then he has two kids with Joni. One, his name is Fiona. Yes, and the other one is Christina. <laughs> <laughs> one's with the C H, and one's with a K. Spelled exactly the same. Interesting. Um, I can't confirm that but i would love to believe it yeah, yeah. i mean i'll believe it I would blindly love to believe it i also want to say that one of his daughters is in uh one of the chucky movies like one of the newer ones possibly yeah. curse of chucky um he has two daughters named christina 
<laughs> yeah, that's sick. He loves that name. Yeah, he really does. Um, cool. Well, who knows what what he's up to now? I mean, he's in his seventies, so yeah. Well, he's seventy. He's seventy. Um, in his seventies. Yeah. But uh, cool. Let's move on to the next one, and that's the higher rated one, and some might say one of the highest rated movies of all time. Um, and that is the 1975 masterpiece, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Bailey, take it away. Um, before I go into the synopsis, I just have to tell you, Jordan, that um, braddorif.com <laughs> is available. Oh shit! Jordan might need that for his portfolio. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of into buying domain, squatting on domains right now. So. If yeah, that could be worth some money there, dude. If someone wants to make like a, some super fan wants to make a website dedicated to him, you could buy it now for. Well, right $1, now it's about sixteen hundred dollars, but I could do better than that. I'll 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 figure I, it. Out. I mean, when wait, when you go to braddorf.com, it doesn't say it's just available. No, it says it's a, it says huge domains. Braddorf.com is for sale. Buy now. Oh, and, and what do you view the price? It redirects you, yeah. But yeah, I could oh. I I know a way to get it for cheaper. So maybe we'll buy it and uh, we'll just turn it into a website dedicated. For film like friends. <laughs> we'll turn it to the film friends website. <laughs> yeah, film friends. Our website's braddorf.com. <laughs> um, um, cool. So uh, bef- yeah. Before Bailey does the synopsis, I want everyone to know that this was not his true... We're not doing true best, true worst. His true best is the Deadwood movie at 98%. Then Lord of the Rings, it's 95 Then Blue Velvet, 93 And then this. Now, Bailey, take it away. Okay, it's your classic uh, psych ward movie. You know, you got your, your, crazy, your crazy people hanging out and... Um, Jack Nicholson comes in. He is uh he's hanging out in jail and uh he decides, "Hey, maybe I'd rather hang out over here in the psych ward." Um so he bops over there and he uh <laughs> he causes a stir and uh chaos definitely ensues, I would say. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, chaos ensues up and down in this one. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Bailey, have you seen this movie before? Uh, no. Wow. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah, you don't watch yeah. movies willingly before 1990. That's correct. Now, did you know this was my favorite movie? Yeah, I mean, I knew, I, yeah, pretty much. I mean, it, I knew it was definitely up there. I didn't know if it was like numero and all be all like it might be. Yeah, as I've gotten older, I don't know if uh, I could even say I have, like, a favorite color, you know? So, like, saying I have a favorite <laughs> movie, I don't think I have a favorite anything, to be honest with you. But yeah, it's, no, one of my, with it's one of my favorites. Like, this is the movie I might have seen the most in my life. Um, wow. Like, I, I have trouble with lyrics, reciting lines, blah, blah, blah. But today, when we were watching it, like... I, I could remember all the lines and all that stuff. I, I don't know why I was like obsessed with this movie when I was younger. I, don't I would know. love for you to explain the end. 
you want me to explain the end? Yeah, kind of. Maybe I wasn't paying attention too much. But <laughs> okay, uh, well we could get there, and then I'll explain it. I guess I would love it. Yeah, let's uh, let's get let's get there eventually. Um, but yeah, this movie uh, is based off a book by Ken Kesey, mm-hmm. um, which I've never read. I don't know why I've been opposed to reading it, but um, maybe I'll pick it up one day. And the book's supposed to be incredible, and it's supposed to be like really funny. Um, I believe it's one of my brother's favorite books. Yeah. Um, so maybe I'll check that out. But it's based off that directed by Milos Forman, um, who also did like Amadeus and The People versus Larry Flint. <laughs> Why that one? <laughs> Out of all the ones to pull out, Jordan. I don't know why. Um, but uh, yeah. And it's like Bailey said, it's your classic psych ward movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, but there's there's a ton of characters, and I don't necessarily we don't have to like walk through the whole movie. But um, who was your besides Jack Nicholson, who he's playing Randall P. McMurphy, um, which is like an iconic iconic role, and honestly, probably one of the first ones that put Jack Nicholson on the map. I think this and Five Easy Pieces were like his two big ones. Wasn't Chinatown the yes. year before this? Oh, was it? I didn't know if it was the year before or year after. But yeah, he, I think it was the year before, but I mean, this one won so many Oscars and shit. Yeah, like. this one like swept at the Oscars. I mean, Chinatown is also like one of the best ever. But uh, safe to say Jack Nicholson was hot at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he plays the Randall P. McMurphy character like really well. In that, like, he is disgusting and he's a crimp, like a rapist, serial rapist, yes. I guess. Um, but you kind oh. of. What's that? I didn't. I mean, yeah, I guess I wasn't paying attention. He was, I did not pick up on the. Well, why he, he was in. He's yes. in for statutory rape of a 15 year old uh, girl. Yeah, but she looked, uh, she said she was 18. Yeah. <laughs> and she yeah. was 15 going on 30, as he would say. Yeah, um, 35, I think. I remember yeah. watching that scene. There's like some lewd language and like a lot of sexual overtones and stuff. And I remember watching it when I was younger because this is like my dad's favorite movie and my brother really liked this movie too. Um, and I remember not understanding what he's talking about <laughs> at that scene. Mm-hmm. It like went over my head. But yeah, he's in yeah. there. He went to jail for statutory rape. Um, and when he's explaining it, the I guess it's like a psychiatrist that's listening to him is like, go on, tell me more. He's like into it. It's creepy. Ooh, no, I didn't really pick up on that. But yeah, I don't know if I ever picked up on that on the 30 his, plus times. I've his watched facial this. expressions. I was like, ew. I think the psychiatrist is just I think everyone's interested in him because the whole thing is like. Is he, should he even be there? Because he's yeah. like, a nor- he's not as like, quote unquote, crazy or disturbed or like mentally unwell as the other people there. Um, or is yeah. he? Or is he? That's like the whole thing. Or does that environment turn him into what he then becomes? Or, or is he know- so manipulative that he's supposed to be there? Yeah. So there's a lot of questions whether he, you know, he's quote-unquote crazy or he should be there um or is is he as nuts as the other people 
Um, but anyway, he be quickly becomes like the leader of like the crew. And I just want to talk about the crew because like it's like some really good actors as young, young people. Mm-hmm. Um, we have baby Danny DeVito. I love baby mm-hmm. Danny DeVito. And his name's perfect. He's Martini. <laughs> yep. Um, love Martini. You also have um, the guy from uh, Back to the Future. What's his oh, name? Oh, Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. A young Christopher Lloyd. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, everyone in here is young. <laughs> cra- <laughs> crazy young. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like a doesn't need to be said young. But I want to ask you, Bailey, who is your favorite character in this movie? Um, I think it's an easy choice. Um, I'm going to have to go with Chief. Uh, yeah, Chief's great. So I think Chief is the one that you're like supposed to love. Um, yeah. And Chief is this big Native American uh, who basically just you think is deaf and mute you, the yeah. whole movie. Um, and he's like... Uh, Huge. He's humongous. He's as big as a goddamn mountain, as Jack Nicholson says. And like... He's kind of Jack Nicholson's like right hand man, and he just like the whole movie is just watching him and observing him, and then towards the end, uh, you know, all this stuff happens. Jack Nicholson gets in a ton of trouble, gets everybody in trouble, um, and they go to get shock treatment, and probably maybe one of the most famous lines: Jack Nicholson asks Chief if he wants some gum, and Chief takes gum, and then. He says, mmm, juicy fruit. And that's like his first line. Well, before that, he says, thank you. Yeah. He says, thank you. Yeah. And, and then he gives him another one to see if he'll say more. I The shock treatment thing kind of threw me off. I didn't know that was a thing. Like, I, I, it happened, and I was like, yo, I don't know what's happening to him. Yeah, so shock, therapy, shock yeah. treatment was like a... Uh, thing they did in like the 50s 60s and i they did it for a very 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 long time electroshock therapy they still actually do i think some version of it it's not very common and it's changed dramatically i mean it's also like crazy detrimental yes the electroshock what's the point what it it just seemed like docile like it was just like punishment well not to like in this movie, it's def- like everyone who receives, I think, who has received it in real life just says it's just torture. It just kills your brain cells. And I think at the time that this was written, it was known that it was just pretty much like torture. So I think yeah. that's what they're playing on in this movie, that it is just torture. Uh-huh. It's kind of like a punishment to become more docile a little bit. And like the way yeah. you treat, you know, the way, a, you know, electric fence for an animal is like kind of conditions the the people there not to do what they did again or they'll get shock treatment um i think that's the way it's used in the movie but uh but yeah that's like the first time that the chief actually speaks and you find out that he could hear and speak the whole time he's been playing the long con yeah um so that that bonds jack nicholson and chief together and chief's just like lovable there's some of my favorite scenes are the basketball scenes yeah, when everybody's playing basketball together. Um, mm-hmm. That's Bailey. a lot of fun. And when they go on a fishing trip together, too, that's a lot of fun. What were you going to say, Bale? Um, 
I was just going to say, did you think that Jack Nicholson had some insight on Chief to know that he could talk and that sort of thing? No, I don't think so. I think he picked up on the fact. I think I think Jack Nicholson is just a con man to himself where he's played a lot of people and he's manipulative. I think he saw him and was like, oh, I understand this man. And I think he just finds what people, um, not their weaknesses, but things to push on to like, like uh, help them. So Chief, he interacted with him. No one interacted with him. I think even our film friend Brad Dorf is similar. Like he found that he was lonely, so he found him a companion and things like that where um, he found kind of what they needed inside this place. Yeah, I mean, that's what Jack Nicholson's character brings everybody out of their shell. And yeah. he, he, does, he doesn't make them feel crazy or nuts. Like, they're just basically told that they're not fit for society and they're different and they'll never get better, blah, blah, blah. And he just treats them normal. Yeah. And that's why they all endear him. But, yo, I don't think he knew Chief no. could talk at all i don't think he knew that but i do think he engaged him because of that reason like because he didn't talk i think he engaged him to see what would happen if he did engage him yeah um but yeah i i love chief too but maybe my the funniest one to me is cheswick yeah the guy with the glasses who's always like worried and concerned about everything and yeah i like him too my I think my original favorite was Chief when I, but thinking about it, I think Chez is my favorite too. I like that he goes, um, ha ha ho ho when mm-hmm. he laughs. Yeah. Um but also another reason why I chose Brad Dorf is because like I love him in this movie. Yeah, he's good in it. Now unfortunately he has a rough ending and if you've never seen this movie i kind of want to talk about the ending because bailey wants to talk about it so maybe you know skip over this or stop it and go watch the movie because the movie's like straight up a masterpiece it won a ton of oscars um Mm -hmm. incredible performances and there there's a lot that happens that i don't want to spoil for you so um so for those who are going to step off we'll see you later but (laughs) Um, but yeah, but you know, I love him through, I love Billy Babbitt throughout the whole movie. Like he's this young, innocent, he's like a young kid. I think he's only like 19 or 20. The character's like super young, which must be around the age that he was too. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately he actually has like mental issues and, you know, sees commits suicide at the end of the movie, which is rough. Um, yeah. But, like, besides that part, I really love Billy. He's, like, earnest and honest and just, like, he loves Randall P. McMurphy and he goes along with everything. I just, I love the moments in this movie when they're all getting along and they just seem like normal people having a good time. Those are my favorite parts, too. You know, I thought the the part that they, um, that was pretty, uh, I wouldn't say it was a twist, but, like, when, um, bunch of them just revealed that they're there voluntarily oh i know that one like that one's crazy so harding too is like harding's just like this intellectual who can't really face reality so he put himself in this his in this ward in this psych hospital and that one like is crazy that he's there yeah Yeah. it's also nuts because it shows you um how much 
so these people a lot of people do it voluntarily in the real world right they commit themselves to some form of therapy but it's crazy because what's her nurse ratchet yeah nurse ratchet she just not i wouldn't say brainwashes them but she terrifies them so much to not leave and to be conditioned to stay there and be fearful of her to not leave it's almost like they're imprisoned by her like their thoughts about how she like the thoughts that she implants in their brains well she really gets to them and Mm -hmm. they want to like impress her do right by her um and she's like revered reviled as one of the revered as one of the like most evil characters in like fiction mm-hmm. which like yep. the more and more i watch it i'm like yes yeah, she yeah go ahead i was just gonna say i didn't think she was that bad like i didn't think she really did anything where i was like whoa you gotta watch out for her like yo so that that's what i was just gonna say like go ahead yeah i should say they <laughs> they straight up terrorize that place and like she i don't know i, I just think it could have been a lot worse for a lot of them. You're like, I don't know. I didn't really I, see her as being super, super evil. I agree. the way they acted, like, need punishment, I guess, in some form. And, and she's just know. doing her job. And, like, she has to run this whole uh, ward. Like, she needs to keep these people in line. Like, I think... I don't know. Like, maybe she's more sinister in the book. And maybe that's where, like, I heard that from. But like, pe- like nurse ratchet is like a common term. Like people will call someone a nurse ratchet when they're being a V, you know? Well, I feel like um, it's more about what's her motive for these people. And like her motive is to not torture these people, but kind of. She wants to get at them. Like, when she starts the group meeting in the beginning, she's straight up just starting off by just spilling out again this man's misery and having yeah. people comment on it, make him feel worse about it, make them feel about it. And um, later, too, they ask about keeping um, Jack Nicholson's character there. And she pretty much says, like, why would we give a burden to like him to someone else? But you know her motive is just because she wants to keep him there because she knows it makes him unhappy um so like what is her motive besides like it seems like she likes to instill torture on people like secretly and slowly like i think she's just like a control freak too and mm -hmm. like jack nicholson comes in and shakes things up and they listen to him more than they listen to her at points that's also true so but yeah i don't think she's like as evil as i think I, as I thought maybe before watching it, you know, at this at my age now too. Like I just, <laughs> I just think like shit. If I had her job, I'd be tough too. Yeah, I feel like you snap one way or the other with that job. Where I think when you have people who are so out of control for so long, you try to grasp control even harder. Mm-hmm. So, no, I agree though. Can we talk about how cute Baby Danny DeVito is? Yeah, I wanted more of him. Honestly, I didn't. I feel like he didn't get to shine as much as I thought he was going. To. Yeah, I mean his character doesn't say much. <laughs> he eats a lot of Monopoly pieces, though. Yeah, he's freaking cute AF though. <laughs> he is cute AF. Um, also, Scatman Crothers is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, him and Jack will be in The Shining. Couple <laughs> couple years later? Question mark. 
I don't know. Like a year later, I think. Damn, Jack Nicholson popped off in mid seventies. He loves the seventies. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I I just love this movie. I also love the soundtrack, and our good friend, uh, Mike Paulshock, mm-hmm. I believe, bought me the uh, soundtrack one time. Oh, that's I thought nice. that was a nice. I think Mike did. I hope Mike did. <laughs> um, it, it also ends up being Kate. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> true. But somebody I somebody can't take did. For that one, one of my friends out there did. I think it's Mike. Um, and I I just love it. Like the music's kind of iconic in the beginning, at the end, and then Bailey, if you want to, what were you confused at with the end? Um, I, maybe I missed something, but I don't know why his boy uh, was chief. Chief just basically take him out because he was starting to get tortured and shit. Oh, so, yeah, so because, because, like, of the party that Jack Nicholson has in the ward and Billy Babbitt ends up committing suicide and all this, like, chaos, Nurse Ratchet deems Jack Nicholson basically, like, unfit, so they give him a lobotomy. Oh. Yeah, that's why, like, Chief goes over to him thinking, like, okay, let's escape now. Because Chief and Jack Nicholson and Randall P. McMurphy's, like, idea was to escape. Because they're the ones that are kind of above it. They're not, like, crazy. They're just there. Um, and he goes over and he sees the two scars on his head. and that he's- Oh, I missed that part. I, did, I honestly just didn't know what – I didn't know that he got a lobotomy well, at they all. Didn't- like, I just was- they didn't say it. Yeah, they don't. It just goes to the next morning after that party or like a week later or something. And then uh, you see the scars in Jack Nicholson's head and he's like his head's like is lolling on his neck and he just he doesn't react to Chief. So Chief realizes like he wouldn't want to live that way. So he smothers him. Yeah. And then I love how Chief like grabs that fountain and yeah. crashes it through the window and escapes. It's it's a soup it's a cool ending for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean I didn't know uh so is that what happens after you get a lobotomy? You're just kinda of brain dead and you're just chilling. Yeah, basically they take out your part of your brain, I think. I, I think they like the original lobotomy was someone like shot them they were trying to kill themselves, so they shot themselves in the head, but it wasn't successful. Yeah, I'm and not sure if that's true. The guy who created the lobotomy won a Nobel Prize. Maybe, so. I don't know. But <laughs> Unless like it was him. Maybe. <laughs> but like that's like the if it's not true, that's the folklore, right? That someone shot themselves in the head and it wasn't a successful suicide, but they felt better afterward. They felt like happy. So I think they like go into your brain. I don't know if they remove a piece, but they definitely like do some type of brain surgery that's not necessarily scientific. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this point in like the mid 70s, did they <laughs> like what? Why were they still doing that? And also like that's legal. You can just do that to someone. I mean, it it used to be legal. I want to say too that the movie takes place in like the 50s uh, or 60s. That makes sense. Um, you could tell when they like when they go on the fishing trip and they go into town, the cars are like from that era and i i think the book was written in the 60s like that acid trip time by ken kesey he was like a big acid lsd guy in the mm-hmm. 60s so i think that's when it's set but anyways yeah lobotomies were like a thing for sure and some of them made them people like vegetables but sometimes people would get lobotomies and they wouldn't it like it would 
quote unquote fix them or something yeah. so i don't know very controversial thing obviously yeah but, um and also like what yeah. you're saying bailey is like i guess because he was a prisoner there that he waived his rights so i don't uh, know because like but at the same time they give all the people who were there voluntarily electroshock therapy against their will like that's the other interesting thing is that some people are there voluntarily people that are there voluntarily should be able to be like no i'm not getting that therapy yeah yeah um yeah lobotomy is even just the idea of taking taking out a piece of someone's brain is just insane well there's there's that type and then they used to do things called ice pick lobotomies which were like really rough too but they were the ones that people would actually i think like they wouldn't be a vegetable i read a book on it a long time ago where this guy had like two of them done holy shit and he survived and he ended up writing this book um about it but yeah i don't know super fucked up imagine like getting to the point where you feel so like fucked up that you want to like have that done yeah i'm not sure if it's like people voluntarily say i want a lobotomy though i think it's like i think back then it was like a decision kind of like this i'm not sure i've read that book like 10 years ago i forget it but um yeah i mean obviously this movie's like kind of a bummer of a movie Uh at times but i think there's a lot of good in it too like the the last act is like sad it's sad as fuck like all these characters you love are, you know, some of them die, some of them get lobotomies. But like, um, oh, oh. Uh, leading up to that, there's like a lot of fun parts and a yeah. lot of like uh, camaraderie, and they're they're the parts that I love the most. I think. Yeah, I love when they go on the boat and they said they're all doctors, and the guy's just like, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, like from as a movie from the mid '70s, like the the way jack nicholson talks and everything and it, it all just kind of like holds up yeah. it doesn't seem like a super old movie yeah it holds up for sure i think that's credit to the acting yeah. i think like the acting in this movie is incredible i agree um it's funny Billy, because when we started this movie i said the same thing i was like it's amazing how well this movie stands the test of time yeah for sure 100 percent yeah i back it um, I want to talk about a film friend for a minute because he plays this role so well. Yeah. And that stutter seems pretty natural. And I also like that um, when he, I guess he has sex with that woman inside the place. When he, Nurse Ratchet comes and confronts him, he doesn't have the stutter. It's gone. And then the minute she brings up his mom, it like comes back. Yeah. So I like that they hint to like all these other types of mental health disorders throughout this movie too, which is cool. Well, that part also shows that he really does have a mental yeah, issue. Exactly. Where some of them like seem like maybe they don't so much, but it's like in or, times of stress or when they're backed into a corner, it really shows. Or it's not as like severe. Yeah. But yeah, maybe brad duraf really has like good voice control and good yeah, voice acting and i don't know what his voice is like in lord of the rings but i'm sure it's like some sort of wizard like voice <laughs> um i also like their all the betting stuff in this movie was funny i like how christopher lloyd's character would just bet a dollar on everything oh, the betting yeah. i thought you meant like the betting. oh yeah like, i like their like down comforters I <laughs> yeah. yeah i love the sheets i love their sheets no hey he'd just be like i'll bet a dollar on that yeah. it 
it was funny and then when everyone bet him so much money they're like well how are we gonna win our money back i love that yeah um cool yeah this movie's definitely like a masterpiece holds up really good acting if you've never seen it and you just listen to what happens it's still worth it like this movie's incredibly rewatchable and um, if you've never seen it highly highly suggest it also it's one of my favorites so um i really relate to the guy that just dances (laughs) like he doesn't do anything but dances around i like him yeah if i had to sit in that on that floor and listen to that music all day though i think i would go crazy Crazy. do you think jack nicholson was crazy or no um no i think he was just uh he had inclinations towards being a troublemaker and bending the rules i don't think he was like mentally unstable though no i don't i think he knew i mean i guess i don't know what the definition of crazy is but i think like he knew everything that he was doing like he knew like if there were rules like he he knew he was breaking them exactly he i don't know he he was just a badass yeah (laughs) I do think that, like, he obviously had mental health concerns. I mean, people who are going to just, like, be a serial raper have mental health issues. But do they need to be psychiatrically, like, confined? I don't think he had to be that. And I know that legally it's very hard to get this type of punishment instead of going to jail to get time in a psychiatric ward. Especially this time was tough. In a court of law, it's very hard to prove insane, like, insanity. Yeah. So for him to get in there is also an interesting thing over jail. I keep forgetting that he was <laughs> a rapist. Like it, it kind of like, I wish he were like, did something different. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like what? Like, stole like some murder. Pants? <laughs> Yo, honestly, murder is even like, in my mind, like, <laughs> not as bad as rape. <laughs> True. I mean, I, I kind of know <laughs> what you mean. Like, if he got in a fight or, like, yeah. something like that. It makes that. him seem as a character less gray. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, so let's uh, let's give a rating, and then I think that'd be a good good one to wrap up. Um, mm-hmm. I give this, yeah, this one's a 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, okay. Um, I'll give it a cool... Uh, um oh i didn't rate it on letterbox yet um i don't want to use numbers i'll give it like a uh a fire emoji oh <laughs> i like that um i'm gonna give this two rings i'm gonna give this a ha ha ho ho and uh someone get me a wiener before i die <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love the world series scene when he's like just saying what's happening and getting everyone riled up uh-huh. really sticking it to nurse ratchet yeah and they're all in on it <laughs> but uh yeah so that's that's brad dorif um he's cool I'd, i back him he's definitely cool a uh, little off the beaten path for us um but you know what we don't mind going on that path this every is, once in a while this is like an og film friends type style person yeah. yeah i love it yeah i love it too me too we need to uh you know bring the masses to the minis. <laughs> Ooh, okay. What? <laughs> well, what's the opposite of masses? 
I don't the the minis. The minis. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but anyways, uh, as always, rate and review us. Yes, Queen. Um, if you guys have any film friends that we haven't reviewed yet, I mean, we're 124 weeks into this bad boy. We might have covered everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What's that? You got most of them, yeah, but yeah. there's still. But if there's anybody out there think you know, and you're like, when are they going to do Sylvester Stallone? Let me tell you, he's out of our league. But if you someone re- did ask us when we I were think someone do that. requested, but look, he's out of our league. We can't do him. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely doing a Tim of the Elephant Part Three before we get to Sylvester Stallone. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, maybe a Part Four. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, hit us up. Um, let us know what movies you're watching. Uh. During this time. During these weird times. But um, as always, thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Michael Shannon. Do you want me to stop recording now? <laughs> <laughs>